Hello, this is Justin Coleman, Senior Pastor at University UMC, and this is our podcast. I hope these messages engage your mind, touch your heart, and inspire you to serve God and your neighbor. Check us out online at universityumc.church. Thanks for tuning in. I didn't say this earlier, but my name is Jameson. Uh, I've realized I'm one of the new faces around here. You may be thinking, who is this large person? Is he just barged his way into worship and no one knew how to stop him? Toby's too kind to say no. No, I am your executive pastor. It's a privilege to be with you here. Justin Coleman, our senior pastor, is actually preaching at Kinder today. We are blessed to have a staff that supports a wide connection of churches, from Amity to University to Kindred, and we're so thankful to be here today in worship, wrapping up our sermon series on being inclusive like Jesus, today talking about the marginalized. And I don't know about you, but when I hear the word marginalized, I think about fidget spinners, uh, which is really important. You may notice on the back of your bulletin there are words. Uh, These are the words to make sure I stay on track in my sermon so you can hold me accountable, but also to help you engage. So we've already checked the box on one. That would be fidget spinner. And you may be thinking, Jameson, how in the world are fidget spinners connected to being marginalized? And I, I would ask any school teacher when these things were invented, did you not feel a distinction in your heart for those that would bring loud fidget spinners to class? Those that did not have them? Fidget spinners have this weird way of being divisive. Either you believe in them because they help you focus and pay attention, right? Or you believe they are the ultimate evil, the work of malicious forces behind the scenes to just throw down society as we know it. It's created quite a kerfuffle, if you will. Kerfuffle being not only a wonderful word, but your Jeopardy word for today, but I love the idea of a kerfuffle because it's a literal clashing of ideas. When we think about what it's good and right, how we're supposed to organize ourselves, how we're supposed to engage with one another, I love this image of the fidget spinner. Because I will tell you truthfully that over the last 10 years, as these have kind of come to prominence, these have actually been brought up in church council meetings. These have been brought up in conversations around the church. This has been brought up on school board meetings. I've, I've never thought that when I graduated from Duke, those hallowed halls, and I always will remind folks that if you don't want people to go to Duke, then Carolina needs to open up a divinity school for themselves, but that's neither here nor there. (laughs) But I never thought that taking that grad-level education, I would be delving into the theology of the fidget spinner, and yet I found myself in conversations with folks who thought we can't have them, or in conversation with folks who thought this allows people who struggle to participate have something to do so they can focus, so they can really learn. So who gets to make that decision? Who gets to be in and who gets to be out? Who gets to draw those margins? And thus we come to today's topic, which is the marginalized. It's difficult. And when you look out into the world, it's not like the world gives you the best advice. Sometimes, a lot of times, people just say, well, something makes you mad, makes you frustrated, it's okay just to cut them out, it's fine. Draw that line in the sand. You're either pro-fidget spinner or you're not. It reminds me of that excellent Dr. Seuss book that I love. He was trying to teach on the Cold War to children, but I love the argument was whether or not you buttered your bread on top or you buttered your bread on the bottom. And I know for some of you who are thinking about buttering your bread on the bottom, you're thinking, what savages would do that? That may be my bias coming forward. I apologize, but we all have those distinctions. And what the world would tell you sometimes is it's okay. Let those strange butter people chart their own course in life. We here are proper and correct, and we're going to have a civilized brunch conversation. 
But what about things that are really meaningful and matter? What if we're not really talking about fidget spinners or toast? What if we're talking about the love of God? What if we're talking about who deserves to be in a pew? What if, what if we're talking about who can come up and take communion? Those are things that really matter. And so we have to ask ourselves when we go to Scripture, does God give us any better advice than what I've heard in the world? Does, does God give us a pathway so the communion table won't be something that goes away the fidget spinner, which is these heated debates we have? And then you may have heard our passage today and thought, Reverend, I'm not one to tell you how to do your job or to preach, but if we're talking about marginalized stories, this is a tough passage. This is tense. And I wonder if for many of you, when you hear this gospel passage from Matthew, you may be thinking, did Jesus really just say what I thought I heard Jesus say? What's the situation? Have friends of all ages, have you ever walked into the midst of a conversation and things are already a little tough and heated? There's already a little anxiety? Have you ever like walked in and then suddenly thought, you know what, I could just step out of here and go to lunch for another hour? Yeah. That's kind of how it feels today. We're stepping into the middle of a story. Tensions are high. We have the disciples over here. Jesus kind of seems caught in the middle. There's this woman begging him for grace, and we may be thinking, what's going on? And why does Jesus respond this way? Well, it's important to know that in the story of Israel, they had a very clear idea of who was in and who was out. They had markers, sometimes on their bodies, that were a lot like fidget spinners. You either had it or you didn't. And if you didn't, you weren't necessarily part of the covenant. If you weren't part of the covenant, that means we would love you, but we would love you kind of in that southern bless your heart kind of way. Like we pray for you because we know it's the right thing to do, but we're very clear that you're over there and we're in here. And so when we meet groups of people that want to come to us, we tend to draw those lines and say, hey, we're the people of God and we're not so sure about you. And in fact, there was some religious tension with different groups of people, and this woman comes from one of those groups. And so when she asks for Jesus to heal her daughter, when she asks for the love and grace of God, I'm assuming a lot of those disciples are saying, well, we have pity for this woman, but there's a clear answer. She's not part of our fidget spinner culture. And as much as it breaks our heart, she needs to be sent away because this is who we're called to be, right? And everyone turns to Jesus. I'm very thankful. I hope in my life I never have one of these moments where people turn to me as an authority to respond in a way because I would be sweating bullets. And Jesus says something that seems kind of hurtful but also technically true by some ways you could read the Old Testament. He says, was, was, did I not come to essentially save those who are part of Abraham's family? And what's amazing is if you spend a lot of time in the cultural context of this exchange, but what really the woman follows up with is saying, Jesus, will you include me in God's grace? Will you include me in the family? Will you say that I belong? And what's interesting is Jesus' response to that is to say, I recognize your faith in your daughter is healed. And so a lot of us would probably leave that story a lot of times it happens after a fight. I call it the, the, like, the fight deflate, where you've been in an intense argument and you're, you're, you should not be driving afterwards because you need to sit down 
hydrate, drink some water. You're trying to process everything going on. But this is a monumental statement by Christ. Christ has included someone who for a lot of people listening would say that person should not be included. And it's easy for us to say, well, that's Jesus. Jesus can kind of interpret scripture. Jesus, of course, is the son of God. Jesus has that power and authority. But I would argue that everything that Jesus does is something we're supposed to do, right, friends? Every way that Jesus loves is a way that we're supposed to love. And it says, Jesus holds up the very fidget spinner of the Old Testament itself and says there's an inclusion and a love here that you have yet to understand. And what's interesting, as the New Testament rolls on, we see that more and more Gentiles are brought into the fold, and what was once surprising, I love Peter's words, even Peter, one of the staunch supporters of kind of Jewish tradition, will eventually say, I can't deny what God is doing in people's lives. They have to be welcomed in. So that brings us back to today. What does it mean for us to offer God's grace? What does it mean to offer God's invitation? And I would say very clearly that the fidget spinner, as it was originally designed in Old Testament law and thought, if you will, if you'll carry that metaphor with me, was never about someone else's exclusion because of your inclusion. Someone is not out of the family because we were brought into the family. In fact, this was supposed to be something that would bless all families. People would know about God because of those that had this sign. And how much do we see in scripture that story unfold where the people of God try to hoard God's favor, only to be reminded time and time again they're supposed to be a blessing to those who come. Today is also kind of a special day in the life of the church. It's World Communion Sunday. This idea that at least in Methodist churches, all Methodist churches would take communion together. So when you take communion today, you would know you're breaking bread across the globe. That's a really cool thought. I've always loved World Communion Sunday. Because I love the idea of thinking that, hey, I love my personal relationship with God. It's been really special to me. It's shaped me. It's made me the man I am. It, it's called me in to ministry. I'm sure many of you, if this device represented what you felt like was your token in, you would say how deeply impactful it was. And yet, one of the beautiful things that happens with Jesus is he says, you don't have to have that anymore to feel like you're part of the family because God's already said you're in. It's not about what you do, but about who God has claimed. And what God has done is claimed each and every one of us for a special purpose. In a very real way, God has called each of us friend. So when we think about our faith and we go into the world, we shouldn't be thinking about, I'm so thankful to God that that person isn't in my church home. We should instead say, I would be so thankful to God if you knew that you were always welcome at a place I call home. We are friends because God has said we are. We are friends because the grace of God is enough. 
And we are friends because God and what Jesus did on the cross and all the things we'll talk about in the New Testament show us that the love of God draws no line or distinction. It includes everyone, even on the slimmest of margins. Today, during communion, is a simple act, and this is gonna be dangerous, I know. I'm gonna ask you to lovingly place your fidget spinners in these baskets. Now, I, I take upon myself the responsibility that Toby may be peppered by these as they are tossed in, but I hope you will take your fidget spinner and put it in the basket as a sign that says, this means something to me. And yet I know that I don't need this to come to the communion table. What God has done in my life means something to me, but I'm always able to come because God first invites me. God first includes me. And then, as a sign of that, after worship, if you'd like to take up that fidget spinner again and take it into the world, I would say, don't just keep it to yourself, give it to friends. Take extra. Rebecca ordered a copious amount of fidget spinners. And I tell you here today, for the first time in my life, by spreading fidget spinners into the world, you are doing the Lord's work, amen? <laughs> and amen. May we be a people that don't look for reasons to exclude, but look for reasons to include. And may we be a people that know that with God's invitation, all are friend and all are welcome. Will you pray with me? Lord, I'm just, I'm thankful for the way you have showed God's grace and God's love. I'm thankful for the way in which your love, your grace, the way in which you include is not limited by our own understanding. I'm thankful that your friendship circle is much bigger than our own, that those you sit with in the lunchroom is much bigger than our imagination. So God, help us to love, to be kind, and to invite like your son. Allow us to welcome those forward to say, you can come because God has already welcomed you. You are included because God has already called you friend. And may we be a people that share love and grace with all. It's for that I pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to our podcast. You can visit us at universityumc.church where you can find services, events, and other ways you can get involved. Remember that we love you. We hope you have a great week. We hope the peace of Christ is with you, and we hope to see you soon.